Today, we're going to be talking about American Assassin and Mother, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, desperately seeking an iPhone X, hey? <laughs> it's pronounced the iPhone 10, Joel. Is it? Yes. I'm going to call it the iPhone X because it doesn't make any sense how they can go from an 8 to a 10 without a 9. Where's Math. the 9 at, Matt? Math. Math. That's just reasons. That's <laughs> yes, what they say. Reasons. Yeah. Math. They're gonna. I'm wondering if they're actually gonna come in the next announcement. They're gonna do, and we still have an iPhone nine coming out, but then they'll do like X two. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. eleven. <laughs> eleven. Yeah, which is a better X-S. iteration. I don't know if you do you video editing software, but the yeah. Final Cut they did the same thing with Final Cut Pro. They went Final Cut Pro seven, and then they jumped to Final Cut Pro X, which was Final Cut Pro ten. But that was a horrible thing because nobody really liked Final Cut. Yeah, Pro it's 10, a math so. problem, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so who am I? Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Joel <laughs> Mother. Cunningham. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Very fitting. Yeah. Because I went and saw mother. Mother. <laughs> and if my mom is listening, she's going to be like, what? What? <laughs> what? Why are they talking about me? Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> hi, mom. Good for things for listening. Hi, Joel's so, mom. There you go. <laughs> so, anyway, so here on the podcast, Matt and I like to break things down uh, in our very patented, we should actually get that trademark patent uh, official way of doing so, which is, Matt, you're more of a, you know, fan of the films. Yeah. More of the kind of along for the ride, the yeah. emotion and the, the awesomeness of the films. And I'm more of the structural breakdown, story development kind of guy uh, that likes to kind of yeah, break things down. Yeah. And so we put those together and we give you what we consider a real thought and perspective and review of a film. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. Awesome. So at the get-go, why don't you give some of our listeners, well, all the listeners, not just some. All of them. All of those listeners, uh, some beautiful ways that they can get connected to the podcast. Listeners, hey, my name is Matt. <laughs> it's <got> very intimate. <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> exactly. So uh, you can connect with us in a, a myriad of different ways. Uh, first one being on our website, realreviewmedia.com. And you can connect to all of our other social media outlets and channels and pages from there as well. Um, but yeah, you can check out all the news stories there. Uh, also social media, facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Instagram and Twitter at Real Review Media. That's real spelled R E E L. And then also email us. Catch us on our email at realreviewmedia at gmail.com mm-hmm. and uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think and uh, if there's any cool movies that you've seen lately and if you really liked Mother or not. You're scaring me sometimes with that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You know how jumpy I can be. You know, every time I say Mother now, it's really fun to watch you and you're just like, <gasps> I'm going to knock over something when you do it. I'm going to hit your phone off the table. Okay. And you will need that iPhone X. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Give me an excuse to get one. Yeah, so let's get into this. We're going to be talking about, uh, as you mentioned, two films, which one you saw, the other I saw. Yes. Saw the mother, and you saw... We had to divide and conquer, and I saw American Assassin, yo. Yes, so would you like to start us then? Let's start start this thing. Talking about American Assassin. Let's do this. American Assassin, synopsis, a story centered on counterterrorism agent Mitch Rapp. There's a lot more to it. That really is. That's all it is. Wow. IMDb is not really uh, keen on the details for this one. I just like his name, Mitch Rapp. Yeah, so it's based off a a book, or I guess a series of books. I learned this. Okay. And um, this, this guy goes through something really, really traumatic in the very beginning. It's actually in the trailer, so I'm not really spoiling anything. But goes through something really, really traumatic, 
and um, eventually, essentially just uh, trains himself to take out terrorists at no matter what costs. I mean, he like trains himself like hardcore MMA, like fighting, mm-hmm. weapons training, all this stuff to basically go find all the people that like basically ruined his life. Yeah. And to go take them out. And then what happens is, you know... So it starts off as like a vengeance story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then CIA comes in. They they come in and they kind of recruit him to kind of hone him in. Be like, hey, you can't just go do this rogue. You know, <laughs> let's maybe hone your skills and, you know, focus it a little bit more. But that's really the gist of it. Kind of revenge Um, But kind of going into who's in it, it's um, Dylan O'Brien, Charlotte Vega, um... Oh, wow, a number of people. Uh, Christopher Bomford, uh, Michael Keaton, um, and Taylor Kitsch is in it as well. Hmm. Uh, directed by Michael Cuesta, and very nice. I this movie's got like a thirty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I came out liking it a lot more than I thought I would going into it. I don't know if I went in with like basement level expectations but yeah. i find myself enjoying it a lot more than i thought that is a pre- I mean, it does with a lot of action films like this in particular there tends to be a pretty wide margin between right. a lot of critic perspective and fan and sure enough it's at you know critic perspective 34 right now fan perspective 72 it's got like a b plus cinema score also yeah. which yeah. is pretty co- cool so i think um let me just start off by saying this dylan o'brien haven't seen him a lot other than maze runner yes and he is he is really good in this. Like he's transitioning. I'd like to see him get some more serious stuff because he's transitioning from. Well, Maze Runner had some good dramatic elements to it, but I feel like he's coming from that like teen, like I'm just the good looking guy, whatever, <laughs> into doing more serious things. And this okay. is this was a good glimpse of that. Yeah, I thought he was really really good. Michael Keaton was my favorite character in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I was talking to you beforehand off air earlier and he does some like he does some like late eighties, you know, mid eighties like Michael Keatonisms or right. early nineties so Michael like Keatonisms. Where he's Beetlejuice. like kinda crazy, a little unhinged, <laughs> you know. He does stuff like that. There's yeah. one scene where he's talking with um like his 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 nemesis or former protege and this again it's in the trailer, uh Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. And um there's one scene in particular where I was like Oh my gosh. He's gone full Keaton. <laughs> yeah, he's full Keaton right now. Yeah. And it was awesome. The best example of a Keaton moment that I can say, besides like all of Beetlejuice, because yeah. Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton I yeah. think, for the most part, but uh, the Batman film, that's oh, yeah, the crud, yeah. which one? The second? Returns. Yeah, the second one. Mm-hmm. He has this scene where he's like in front of the fireplace and he likes the Joker. No, it's the first one. Okay. Because yeah. the Joker walks in and he smashes yeah. the thing and he's like, you want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, that yeah. is so Michael Keaton. That's exactly how yeah. he is. <laughs> really? and, be great. Yeah, he, there's one scene in particular he does a lot and there's another, there's maybe a couple at the beginning where he kind of dances on that territory but uh-huh. that one scene towards the end is kind of where it happens. I'd probably enjoy that a lot. Then. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, Ooh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so he was really great. I really enjoyed that. Um, how can I say, um, I guess I'll get into that in a minute, but the very first 15, 20, 25 minutes of the movie, I was really liking this movie. I was like, okay. man, this movie is really good. <laughs> the first 15, 20 minutes where the horrible stuff happens to the guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, they, the way that they do it is there, there's um, a big scene at the very beginning where the tragedy kind of unfolds and 
It was shot really well. It was tense, mm-hmm. visceral. I didn't realize uh, going into it that it was going to be so violent. It's very violent. Okay. Um, this is an R-rated film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I was just thinking they're not going to show a lot, but like people were getting shot, and you see the bullets like tearing through people, and I'm oh, like, wow. oh dang, you know. And and I was like, wow, this is intense. And I was like super locked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And then this thing happens. I feel terrible for him. They make you care for his character almost immediately yeah. with this event. It's like that save the cat moment as I right. call it. Yeah. And um and I was super locked in and then uh and then it kind of you know actually no it keeps going. I you know I would say the first half of this movie I was actually really really locked into it. Hmm. Um and I was really really liking it. It's the second half that I felt like it kind of lost a sense of what it was. It may be really true to the book. I don't know because I didn't read the book. Uh but but as for a movie's sake, it it lost a sense of what made the first half so good. Gotcha. Um, there's a series of like training montages and right. sequences where he's with Michael Keaton. So let me ask, do they have like a Mr. Miyagi style training montage with like Michael Keaton? No. Because oh, he wasn't that hands on. But <laughs> the um, right. So uh, there's like a training, like it's not really a montage, but a series of training scenes um, that, uh, that were really cool. And okay. I was really like that stuff. And then, like, and then before they get to like the main mission, all mm-hmm. that stuff was really, really awesome. And then the main mission kind of fell flat a little bit for me. But other than that, it was enjoyable. Uh, a lot of the action was pretty standard, um, but they did some things every now and then to kind of really switch it up and be like, okay, so they're not just two guys fighting on a boat. Some other stuff is happening to make it more interesting. So it's not just like two guys fighting on a boat, you know? Yeah. Um, and they did things like that. That was pretty cool. I'm pretty sure at one point in time, <laughs> there's a scene where Dylan O'Brien's character breaks a guy's arm, Ooh. compound fracture, bone sticks out of his arm, and he stabs the dude in the neck with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I was like, wow. Yeah. I've never seen that in a movie before. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but we had mentioned in our prior coming soon a comparison to Born Identity. Yeah. How closely do you feel like the action and... Sort of the, the action way was that pretty they, good. I thought the action was good. Similar um, style wise, though. Yeah, Do you feel like it fit more pretty, Born Identity or more like a John Wick? N- no, not John Wick. Okay. More Born Identity. Pretty fast paced. Um, shaky cam. Yeah, a little bit shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Not not overdone on that, yeah. but it wasn't like John Wick where it was a one take following him doing all right, these yeah. choreographed things, you know. And um, it's like a dance. Right, right, right. Yeah. This this was closer to uh, the Born side of things. Not. Um, not from a story standpoint, but um, as far as the action is concerned. But I, I, I enjoyed it. So I, I think the biggest thing with the negatives was just towards the end. I felt like it was like doing really good at being this really smaller scale story. One guy against a couple of bad guys. And then at the end, it was like, okay, now possibly thousands of people are going to die. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you're losing it a little bit, guys. Okay. What's with it? And then there's one character in particular, like the main girl, you know, something happens to her and you're like, this wasn't earned at all. <laughs> and it it just didn't make any sense. I was like, that's so an they, interesting story choice. I don't understand why that has any significance. Yeah. But they attempt to raise the stakes is what it sounds like, but they just didn't really need to. It, yeah. It felt like they were like, oh, guys, this is a final act. We need to we need to Call up the ante. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they were hinting at it, though, in the earlier in the first two acts. So I can't really blame them for eventually going there because they were hinting at it. 
But it would have just served the story better if it was more like, hey, let's just make it about him chasing this one other dude or him chasing this group of guys or something like that, as opposed yeah. to, hey, let's, you know, it wasn't saving the world's sakes, but hey, let's make him save the world. You know, that's kind of what made it stumble at the end for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know what they say in the last 15 minutes, you can't hold anything back. Yeah, man. The first, <laughs> the beginning, though, was crazy. It, yeah. was, it was a pretty crazy opener. Gotcha. Yeah. I was making a joke. That was a reference to, uh, I believe, Major League Baseball, the movie. So. Oh, Major League. Yeah, Major League. There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. Major League Baseball. Wild thing. So. Yeah. So, um, any other thoughts? Then? No, that was it. I, I Better. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't yeah. a great movie. Would um, you like to see a sequel made? An ongoing story with these characters and this world? Only if they if they just keep it like real small scale. Okay. Like like a John Wick, where it's like just him against like one main bad dude or something like that, you know? Gotcha. Um, so I, I think that would be cool to see. Um, I get that. I mean, that's one of the things that I've liked more so often about the new iteration of the, you know, Daniel Craig, James Bond films, mm-hmm. is that they tend to keep it a little bit more of a small scale. Right. There's large world impacting implications, mm-hmm. but it's or it's generally about sort of one or two people it's yeah. when they branched into like quantum solace you know the all the power things right. and the, the giant like with the most recent iteration when it goes to this like world hacking type thing that's when it gets like it, it gets lost for me yeah, yeah, yeah to keep it about the main thing yeah and just stick it with these main characters and then it'll keep in connected and interested but on the other side of that mission impossible they tend to go very big with right. their scopes and they, they do it well. Maybe if you kind of start in that direction and you keep going, then it can work. Yeah. But if you start small and you go too broad with it, it can fall flat. Yeah, I think there's probably clever ways to write that in to do it correctly yeah. to where it's not going to seem like, what is this? You know, like this is so out of left field. Gotcha. But um, overall, I was, if, if you were to... If I were to rate it mm-hmm. um, based on the first half of the movie, it'd be almost a letter grade higher. But right now, I'm going to give it a 76. Okay. Percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's not it's not a bad movie. It's not a, it's not a great movie, but it's it's somewhere in the middle. That I was like, oh, that was that was all right. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like a a 90s action movie. A little. I bit. like that. Yeah. So it's more of a character driven action film. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. a good one of those in a while. At least with this kind of a style. Right. I mean, it was since the born ones. It, it took itself a little bit too seriously to be full on '90s action, but yeah. it was it was still we pretty. Have John Wick that came out most recently, and then Born, and then you've got a few mixed ones kind of in 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 there. And Baby Driver's kind of like a character driven action film, right? That's a but, lot more style, a lot more style, yeah, yeah, than it is in action. But it is at the yeah. same time. So. No, I got you. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So you know the moral of the story here, though, is right. If you train hard enough, don't put Twinkies on your pizza. And don't put Twinkies on your pizza. <laughs> if you train hard enough, and you kill enough people then you too can work for the government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the moral of the story, right, Matt? Yep, exactly. Nice. Don't do not do that. Well, I'm halfway there. <laughs> let's let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> what did you get a chance to see, Joel? So I feel like, I feel like this is, before I get into this, I feel like we're a bit at a, it, like this is unfairness levels now of the movies that I'm going to see versus the movies that you're going to see. <laughs> because I'm constantly choosing the films that are just like purposefully I know I'm not going to like or just getting horrible critical reviews. I didn't reviews. pressure you into this at all. I Joel. know, but I'm doing it for the podcast, so I hope our listeners out there respect that and appreciate <laughs> it. So I went and saw Mother. Mother! Yes. A uh, film that was uh, more recently released uh, in the theaters in a... 
the funny thing about this, I'll say this before I even going, getting into it, I'm actually really surprised that this was a, a large release. I, I'm really surprised that they didn't really? do a limited release for this film because it is definitely a type of film that is for only certain types of audiences. Yeah, it's for like, for like 16 people to enjoy. Pretty much, okay. yeah, according to what we're reading and seeing from all the reviews and more so critics and everything like that, so... I'll read the synopsis for this. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Its director is Darren Aronofsky. It stars a few different folks. Uh, the the most major name there, as far as like main characters, are uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Jay Javier Law. Bardem. Yep. Um, they're both named just Mother and Him. So Jennifer Lawrence's mother, uh, Javier Bardem, is just him, which already tells you a little bit of what kind of story this is going to be. Wow. Uh, yeah. Ed Harris is man. Michelle Pfeiffer is woman. <laughs> woman. Okay. Uh, and then you've got younger brother and oldest son, which is Brian Gleason and Domino Gleason. Dom, Dom Hall Gleason. Domino Gleason. Which yeah. I'm guessing they're brothers in real life, which was kind of cool. I, thought I didn't that know was that. Yeah. I didn't General Hux. Yeah. I didn't know if Brian was an actor or not, but they both have the same last name and they're playing brothers in the film. So I kind of figured maybe they just sort of mix them up in there. So those are, I would say, the biggest names, the biggest recognizable names, except for, uh, what's her name? Kim, I can't think of her, from Bridesmaids. Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. Kristen? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, yes. Kristen (laughs) Yeah, way off your base here. Kristen Wiig was in it. She made like a weird kind of role cameo, a very non-important but somewhat interesting role at the okay, same time. Okay. I actually liked her character probably more than anybody, but she's really? only in it for a very, very, very small chunk of it. So here's what I will say in 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 a sense, the one thing that I really appreciate about this film is that it took chances. And it <laughs> boy did it take chances. I mean it really was like Oh my gosh. I'm going to try some stuff here. And Darren, Arf- Ar- Darren Aronofsky is that kind of a director. Yeah. You know, he's a visionary in a sense. He's an auteur in a sense. He's going to get in there and he's going to make deep, symbolic, allegorical, you know, metaphysical, crazy off the wall type film experiences yeah. for people to watch. And a lot of times, you know, I think he puts things in films that you're just not meant to understand right. or really not meant to get. And maybe. Maybe that's an on-purpose thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's like, well, if you're smart enough, you'll figure it out. Maybe he just doesn't care. This film was very much a heavy, strong sort of metaphor and allegory um, of a couple different things. And Is this spoiling stuff at all? I feel like I need to say some stuff in order for people to understand the film. Because the one of the big critical like critiques, one of the big things that I'm hearing from a lot of people, a lot of the negative things that I'm hearing from people is that you really don't get the film. You don't understand the film unless you understand the allegory. Here's a problem. It's being marketed as a horror thriller. Right. And it is horrific for sure. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a thriller because it's very clear, especially once you understand where the allegory is coming from and where it's going. So we throw then you're going to know where it's going in the spoiler film. Spoiler alert then. Yeah, a little spoiler alert. Spoiler so, alert guys, if yeah. you if you want to see mother shut it off. <laughs> yeah, if you don't if you don't want to hear anything that's going to spoil any of the crazy aspects of mother, yes. Okay. Go ahead 54321. Spoilers. Yeah, so the film functions as a high-level allegory of the biblical story of man. Okay. It's a good way of putting it. It's man, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, God, Mother Nature, and it's yeah. man's 
one of the allegories. There's, there's a couple, I think. So like him's God, Mother's Earth or something like yeah. that. And, and then, then man is, is Adam, Adam and, and Eve. Yeah, Adam okay. and Eve, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer is Eve, yeah. and then they're two sons. And again, as soon as you, if you're familiar at all with the biblical story of, mm-hmm. you know, especially the Old Testament, a little bit in the New Testament, then you're going to know exactly where certain beats are going to happen in right. certain ways at certain times. But without that knowledge, the film is a jumbled mess of confused, like, what is going on? Right. <laughs> so a couple different things that I just really didn't like. One, uh, it was shot very darkly. Okay. It was a very darkly lit film. I don't know if they tried to use a very lot of practical lighting for some reason, but there was actually times where I found myself almost kind of squinting at the, and I go to, I go to the same theater and they're, yeah. they generally do very good. So I don't think it was the theater. Um, no, but it looked was, like that when they, in the trailer. Yeah, so. but it's very darkly yeah. lit at times. It's very hard to see kind of what was happening, what was going on. Two, they used throughout the course of the entire film a steady cam setup that was very heavily focused on one actor in particular, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. But it's a steady cam thing and it's constantly just right close up on her face and like maybe bounce halfway to like a mid shot, like a close mid shot. Right. So it's just following her like the entire time. And that got really stale and really boring and a bit jarring at times. And that kind of ties into the other issue that I had with the film, which is that I felt like Jennifer Lawrence really did not do a very great job in the film. Yeah. I think she was reaching for it and she was definitely trying to be there. But I think that there was probably another actress out there that could have just innately embodied this type of a suffering, you know, in pain Mm -hmm. character. With her, it always kind of felt like she was reaching for that sense of sadness, reaching for that sense of, you know, despair and mourning and grief and Mm -hmm. anger. And I don't know. There's just something about the way that she was doing it. It just, it came across as like once removed, you know, It, it felt like everything was processing like, I need to act this way, so the, here I am acting Maybe this way. Maybe she just did a lot of research and Earth acts that way. <laughs> Maybe. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And I, I thought about that, too, because I thought about, well, the allegory that's there. That's one allegory. I'll talk slightly about another little allegory that I think was there. Um, but I thought that maybe she was trying to impersonate something that was Earth Mother Nature-like. Okay. Like motherly, but... I really didn't see that because I can't say that like when I think of mother, that implies a certain personality type. Right. There are attitudes and attributes that you could give to a mother, you know, that she cares about children, that, you know, usually she's busy and she's running around like a maniac. Like there's things that you could say that a mother kind of has, but a mother could be any different number of ways. Yeah. So I I really just didn't feel like she did a great job with that. I thought Javier Bardem did an amazing job. He's good in almost everything he does. Yeah, he was believable to the point where it was a bit eerie at times. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Because the second allegory that I felt like was such a part of this film that was kind of wrapped up into the film is an allegory on either the creative process that an artist will go through in trying to bring something to life and share that with an audience and get their blessing and their encouragement and liking that. Right. That or the direct, a director in and of themselves, a director of a film, because there is a a tension that kind of exists in the film with Javier Bardem's character, where he plays this kind of narcissistic at times, obtuse to the point where it causes horrible disaster for Jennifer Lawrence's character. And if you go with the allegory of it just being God and mother nature, that doesn't really make sense because at least according to the biblical understanding of God and Mother Nature, God created Earth, but then he put man on Earth to have rule and dominion over it. Right. So it wouldn't really make sense that 
God kind of has this relationship well, with Mother Nature still. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what he did with Noah, I mean, it's kind of his own art, artistic expression and interpretation yeah. of And you whatever. could you could definitely say that, I mean, God still has, in a sense, control over nature in the biblical understanding of it, that God is, you know, in control of the universe and right. he controls all the aspects of Mother Nature or nature in of itself. But there's some aspects of it too, like, I, I don't want to spell too much, but there's like... <laughs> There's a pregnancy that occurs, right? Because of Javier Bardem's mm-hmm. character, because of him. Yeah, God wouldn't like. I mean, I don't know. So there, okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> that ties into other, and so, yeah. um, the the other big issue that I had with the film, I'm really trying to not spoil things for you, Matt, because I know you want to. Was see it this a film. sequel for the Hunger Games? Not at all. Okay, no. Well, oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you something later. Yeah. There's a Hunger Games esque scene that takes place very close to the last quarter of last quarter of the film, and it's one of the moments that's supposed to make you just go like, "What? Like, don't Kill, like killer monkeys." Killer stuff, just really crazy killer people with killer things that do things with other things that they've killed. That's just like ridiculously killer over the top. Things, yeah. So the the film is split up into kind of I would say two acts. The first act is sort of the build up of the tension, and okay. that is also something that it did really well. Okay, it very effectively built a tension, and you could kind of feel it getting closer and closer to something breaking. And yeah. It, it, I, so I did feel that, and I think it was successful in that merit. It set a atmosphere, you know, some very freaky kind of visuals start to pop up and some very grotesque things start to kind of break through at key moments. And so that was effective to me. And I think if that had been less connected to the allegories, then it would have been more interesting. But because it was like so blunt forced, you know, this is the biblical story, mm-hmm. then it, 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 it made it feel like it was just a little too obvious. And so right. everything ended up, Again, a lot of it having to do with Jennifer Lawrence, but a lot of it ended up feeling more like a stage play. Right. More as like a series of individual moments and acts that they were kind of progressing their way to that they had to like check off in order to get this emotion through to you or this feeling through to you instead of like, here's let's just tell this story and have the characters act. Because none of the characters act normally. Okay. None of the characters really have a realistic identity or a realistic way of portraying themselves. They all start off slightly irregular and then they just go, you know, balls out. Really? Completely uh, irregular. So, so yeah. So the first half is kind of like the setup. And then the second half is just everything breaks loose in the complete insanity and very crazy imagery, very disturbing moments, very like grotesque, awful things happening to Jennifer Lawrence and to other people. And it's kind of like the fallout of the the beginning stuff. And so I weirdly feel like it's almost, like I said, it's almost like a stage play. And I left the film visually and emotionally impacted because Mm -hmm. of the things that I had visually seen portrayed, but not with a sense of having like learned anything or understood anything better it really came across as like Darren Aronofsky's interpretation of what mankind has been Mm -hmm. and look at how I'm going to show you this very obvious allegory of how humanity acts. Yeah. You know? Um, No, that's, that's interesting. And I I think what's interesting about this movie is it's very flip flopped from American assassin. Yeah. So is what I mean by that is the critics, it's not like super 
positively reviewed. However, it is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics with critics, yeah, generally yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, audience members not. Yeah, flip flopped. So, yeah. um, what I can attribute to that is that al- that element of it being basically the general movie going audience being lied to in the marketing campaign saying this is supposed to be super scary. Yeah. You know, the, the, there was a marketing before when I, before I saw it, it says you will remember in 2017, (laughs) the first time that you saw mother, you will remember where you were on this day. You know, like I was like, what? I think they're really trying to build up that last half. Okay. Like I talked about that craziness that happens. because The last half is very impactful and you will leave. I mean, unless you're asleep during it, you're really going to have something that it just like hits you in a, Away. So here's the thing. After every single Aronofsky movie, maybe maybe with the exception of Noah, I I felt like I just feel depressed <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Is that kind of is that same trend still happening? Actually, I take that back. I did feel that way after Noah too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's what I would say. I think some people would see this film that very much agree with the allegory and the message of it. Sure. And come out feeling somber, depressed, probably like from it. And others might just even see the imagery and come out very much feeling somber and depressed. But to me, because it was so blunt about things and so obvious, it it felt more like a misstep. So I didn't I didn't okay. emotionally connect to the film in the way that it wanted me to. Did it seem more like a a political campaign or social campaign commentary on like, was it more of like, Hey, this is what I think of how terrible people are. That's the weird thing. It wasn't like he was trying to make necessarily like a judgment call. Cause there wasn't like some moral message at the very end that kind of like, like recycle. (laughs) Yeah. And again, that this kind of ties into the whole idea that this is also, there's potentially an allegory there of him as a creator, as him as a director and an artist, because the way that it kind of like, everything ties up at the end, it makes it seem like, well, this is an ongoing, never-ending process that kind of, that continues on. That it's not like, you know, Earth is headed towards this giant cataclysmic Armageddon apocalypse and it's all our faults. Yeah. It was more of like, this is just the state of humanity and then here's some aspects of my life that I think really are crazy because of the creative process and that's just kind of is how it is. Right. So I think if maybe there had been like a, you know, a soapbox moment, soapbox moment in a sense, or like, um, I hate to use this reference, but um, Schindler's List, like a red dress moment. Okay. Then like, the, you know, the little girl in the red dress. Mm-hmm. If there had been a moment like that where you really get the weight and the heaviness of the depravity of humanity or something, yeah, you would have left it feeling more somber and more sad. But it, it really just came across to me like one guy telling a story about how he thinks humanity looks at yeah. times. So, yeah, the yes lens, and no. The lens of Darren Aaron. I would say yes. Some people are going to leave it feeling depressed and upset. I'm. I didn't. I, I felt I more just pro- like. Eh. I would probably leave like that. Yeah, I'm emotionally impacted by little things that. Yeah, people and there's one scene in particular that I just I would warn people. Oh, I mean, okay. it's it's crazy. I mean. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to explain it. Right. But. It's just. It's. It's for certain people. It's rated R for a reason, right. folks. For certain people, <laughs> it will probably leave them feeling like. Yeah. Now, for me, it was like I saw it coming a mile away. I kind of expected it because of again the the allegory elements right, of it. Right. 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 So I knew where it was going. So it wasn't as impactful, but it was still visually kind of like. Yeah. Know, so um, I think that's a good summarization of my overall thoughts of the film. Gotcha. 
I'm going to give this one, uh, I thought a lot about it, but I'm going to give it a D plus. Okay. It's 69. Gotcha. I think if overall minor thoughts on like some ways that it would have been better for me, one immediately kind of flip out Jennifer Lawrence. She was just too recognizable to me from like X-Men. I really think there's some J-Law fatigue happening in the world today. Yeah. I've kind of felt that already, but this was a huge aspect or huge part of that. Yeah. Or, I don't know, huge step towards that direction. Now I'm like, I don't need to see her again in anything, <laughs> uh, for a while. Um, so I think if they had immediately replaced her, I think if they had used slightly brighter visuals, a slightly more story type progress progression okay. to the actual plot, instead of just trying to make the allegory so obtusely and obviously in your face, yeah, then it would have been a lot more interesting. But at the end of the day, and I'll say that I said this at the beginning, or maybe I didn't say clearly enough, but I will applaud, in a sense, Hollywood willing to take a chance on a film that for sure does not fit the general mold of what we would expect well, that, from a major release from... Paramount. So Paramount yeah. Studios actually released a statement being like, hey, you know what? Because they got a lot of negative feedback yeah. <laughs> from just You wouldn't expect populace. this from a Paramount. So, so you know? Paramount goes, um, you know what? We took a chance. We did something bold. We knew not everybody was going to like this thing. Yeah. We're basically doing what, you know, I mean, everybody's clamoring for original movies and Netflix, they get, you know, they get, uh, you know, praise all the time for releasing original content. This is kind of our version of that. Yeah. That's I what they tell. said. Uh, it, the way that it was said, though, it made it seem a little bit more like they're trying, they're defensive, like super defensive. Right, they're trying it. to defend because they've gotten a lot of negative Right, right. It's mainly, mainly just from general populations, but whatever. Yeah. So I interesting. Start, yeah, so I applaud them in that regard. I felt like there was one other thing I was going to say, but my mind just went blank. Totally. Hunger Games. Probably not Hunger Games. Oh, okay. I'm X-Men. Days, X-Men, no. Days of Future Past. Doesn't have anything to Mystique? do with any of that. No. No, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. I was. It had something to do with Paramount and the fact that they were releasing films that were so crazy. Michael and Bay. I can't even think about it. No, you're you're making it worse, Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was like a button that you could push where you could just rewind your mind for like ten seconds, and it would just like pop back into your head. Do you remember the Omega Thirteen? Uh, is that a pill? No, it's Galaxy Quest, bro. Oh. Yeah. Activate the Omega Thirteen and then go back in time thirteen seconds. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, that's that's a good reference point. Yeah, it's a classic so, movie. There you go. Yeah. So maybe I'll think of it. I'll share it in our uh, next podcast or something like that. There it is. Does that sound good. Do it. Cool. Awesome. Well, then that is going to go ahead and wrap things up on the podcast. We're going to go ahead and give you some good ways to get connected here at the end. Uh, Again, as a reminder, so we have realremedia.com. We'd love to connect with you there. And then additionally, we have our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. We also have our Instagram and our Twitter, which are both at realreviewmedia. And you can definitely email us. Let us know your thoughts. I would love to hear any thoughts or perspectives. Oh, that's what it is. I remember what it was. Okay. We'll talk about it in the next podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your perspectives on this film, Mother. 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 Yeah. And maybe American Assassin, if you want to throw some thoughts that way too. American Assassin's better. I don't know if you want them. Yeah. It no, it's better. all good. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely better. You owe me a bad film, Matt. That's what hey, I'm Hey, you know what? You yeah. chose Mother. You said you were going to go see American but Assassin. But I did it for a good cause. And then you were like, you know what? There's so much controversy around this movie. I, I should go see it. It's so not about what about happened, it. Matt. It's about- And then you saw it and you're like, I saw it's Mother. It's about you <laughs> wanting to want to see the bad movies. You don't have to see them, but you have to want to want to see the bad movies. I want to want to want to see <laughs> them. So email us. We'd love to hear from you. Realremedia at gmail.com. So anything else, Matt? 
No, Joel. All right. Well, mother. Mother. It's been real. It's been real.